You're listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion! Hello everybody and welcome to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I'm your host CZG123 and I'm in the place to be. Thank you so much for listening to me. Hopefully you are subscribing and you're sharing this amazing online radio station or rather radio show with your friends and family as well as with your enemies. Please visit czg123.blogspot.com. That is czg123.blogspot.com. There you can listen to episodes while checking out my articles regarding different aspects of music. As you know, this is an online radio show which spans all different musical genres and time. As well, you can always check out this program on most major podcast platforms. So do subscribe, click the notifications, and tune in and drop out. Uh, we have a new sponsor, Ovaltine. Uh, there is nothing like a cup of Ovaltine. Get yourself ready for those sweet times. And because of their sponsorship, we have now a new segment, which is What's Happening in the News. So, without further ado, let's start with the local news here in Los Angeles, California. Last night, three Smurfs were attacked by a gang of snorks. The LAPD is now searching for the gang in the LA River. Well, in downtown Beverly Hills today, over 25 people received facelifts. Eight of them now look like lions. Two peanuts in Griffith Park late last night were walking around when one was assaulted. On a sad note, the creator of the Hokey Pokey has passed away. The service took over two hours as they kept putting his left leg in, his left leg out. His left leg in, his left leg out. And between every appendage they did this to, they kept turning his body around. And now for the world news. Well, it seems that Joe Biden is in the news again. That's because he's the president. This just in from Cambodia. Henry Kissinger is still dead. In the UK yesterday, King Charles was asked his reaction to this latest book, explosive book, telling some inner secrets of the royal family. He asked, hey, have you all heard the last new Beatles song? Got up, farted, and moonwalked out of the room. His crown falling off in the process. And finally, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first female member of the Supreme Court in the United States, has passed away at the age of 93. According to her family, her final words were, quote, I can't stand Brett Kavanaugh. He has such a punch-me face. If I had my way, I would kick him in the groin and flip him right off the balcony. Then I would drop an anvil to make sure he would never get up. That has been... What's up with the news? <laughs> Presented to you and sponsored by Ovaltine. And now, folks, here's another word from our sponsor. And um, then we're going to jump right into a Rainbow Flipper musical explosion. So don't go anywhere. And if you do, hit pause. Perfect. You know, I wouldn't trade this moment for the world. And thanks to sound distributors, I can own this memory forever. Introducing the world's first six and a half pound all-in-one camera video recorder from Sony. <laughs> no wires, no bulky recorder. And best of all, I didn't have to buy it. I rent it from sound distributors for just $29.95 a day or $39.95 for the weekend. Now I can make my own movies for less than it would cost to take the family to see one. One. Perfect for your family's special occasions or for your intimate bedroom encounters. Rent a beta movie and own a memory from Sound Distributors.
It's greedy, just like Frank Nitty. Blunders made daily, but nobody sees how the center's getting shaky. He's got sweat above his eyebrow. He covered another systematic error, top secret. And once he leaves the office, yo, they all peep it. Keep it, copy files, facts flowing overseas. While the senator in D.C. gets down on his knees, please, he begs. And loads a new nine. And all over the walls is the senator's blown mind. In come the feds and search through his desk. But don't tell Clinton, shh, he's on vacation. He can get replaced. Yo, let's clean this place before the press comes. So, um, we save a face. They proceed with their lives to us while a bomb explodes on a Jerusalem bus. Sneaky like Nixon, unstable like Reagan. Like witches and five-star piggins. They call nurses, bodies, even hearses. Fast like homeless who snatch old lady purses. They get more cops, but don't check the credential. So get insurance, met life, but maybe prudential. Cause they could shoot and ask questions later. And we're supposed to stop and write to Ralph Nader. No one in Congress has time for a letter. And people in the Senate, yo, they ain't much better. So if there's a problem, dismiss and forget it. They'll make you a file, and then you'll regret it. Mistakes are part of the system, but nobody cares, B. These days they lock you down for not having an ID. IV, bag, strung hot, doctors passing you by. No one is a witness, cause no one will comply. It's a V6 formation, government invasion. Me, Tegnatus on every subway train station. It's graduation, so congratulations. Here's a Glock 4-5 with clips, so go vacation. With steady, simple Simon when you're scoping to shoot. And if you get a good catch, then bring me my loot. What if you folks said that? Would you? Could you? Again, in the back of your mind, thinking maybe should you? Hey, now. That's a ridiculous situation. And still, Bill Clinton kicks back on his vacation. Yep, you got it. Yep, yep, you got it. With the tax money, they went and fucking bought it. Yep, you got it. Yep, yep, you got it. With this country's tax money, they went and fucking bought it. Uh, yeah. I know T Nasty likes this beat right here. I hack up whack MCs like Lizzie Borden Got my own clip, they call the sleeping dormant I got messed up enough to preach the fresh verses Don't snatch purses, but shoot for letter curses The whack MC is he who rehearses for hours Wow, I push the positive mental Words can hurt like work that's strictly dental Instrumental beats and cuts through my system If the man can rhyme, then there's no need to diss him Straight from the heavens, I'ma stand like Roger Moore Mellow like Manzarek when I come through the door I elevate, uh, cloud nine suffices Switch up Brian's scheme with high scheme devices A red button you press when you test Means crisis like ISIS, surprising all disbelievers Authentic hip-hop raw like I'm meek leavers I'm shaking asses with the help of J-Best Compared to the rest, I bless the apparatus My thoughts expand, twist, do a backflip over the hills and far away I'm on a crazy streak like Cal Ripken Keep you locked up in the bedroom like I was Joel Ripken Give a smack upside the head as if I was pimping Ladies on Broadway, late night, all straight tripping Sipping for these bottles, can't just shit that make you puke Me, get high like the Jedi named Luke Fluke, you use a boot to attract all the ladies But when you step up, um, they only say Baby, that's just the way they play when you're whack One day you will look in the mirror and you will hopefully see that But if you don't 
well, um, that ain't my fault. But I can't pay attention because I'm stealing a vault, which contains the remains of frames belonging to blowing up airplanes and all to trains. I never got accused of my life of busting plagiarism. I only try to get down and practice Satanism. So, aha, woo, just like I got Tourette's, I see a lot of my bills and trade them in for jets. Fly high above the clouds and press eject. Land in New York City and receive my respect. So make like a leopard and put your hands on the deck. Or do like a McMahon and send me a check. Yeah, I kick it like a pedal. I get dope over any friggin' instrumental. I do work that hurt, it's strictly incidental. The microphone I grip a home is mine and in a rental. To those who suppose the rhyming is simple, involving minor thought through complex temples. Think again, my friend, my pen forever in motion. Like a Papa Smurf potion with mathematical motion. Fat tracks created, never incidated. When I heard this beat, I stopped and I spaded. Peace of DUT, they get all of my love. Now out of the room, my man must be love. Dan and Pete. And henchmen's head ready than ever. I cut and sever, ridiculously clever. Bring it, whatever, I now know better. Alive and well, like I was any better. Yeah! Yeah, huh? Woo! And it don't stop. And it don't quit. This ain't kind of fit. It's a shoe that fit.
listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. Summer here, kids. <laughs> That's Granddaddy. Are you kidding me? They're incredible. Granddaddy with Summer Here Kids. Uh, when I first heard that song, I was just completely drawn to this band. Uh, Granddaddy uh, is a group that formed in Modesto, California uh, back in 1992. 
and I believe that song came from their first album. Yeah. All I know is that that, I think it's their first album. That first album is just so good. I really, here, let me check my, okay. It's called Under the Western Freeway. Yes, Under the Western, Western Freeway. It's their second album. Uh, I believe they only had four or five albums that came out. Uh, sadly, one of the band members had a heart attack back in 2017 and they broke up around, uh, I don't know, not broke up, but they just kind of went their own separate ways and did solo projects for a really long time. Uh, Jason Little or Lytle is uh, the lead of the band. Uh, he is just awesome, awesome, awesome. And this album, I'm telling you, it's really fantastic. So that's Summer Here Kids. Uh, I think that was the biggest hit from that album, their second album. Uh, they were influenced by a lot of music, you should know, FYI. Uh, from Bad Brains to Suicidal Tendencies. And uh, Granddaddy had like a cool, you know, grunge, rock, post-punk sound, I feel. Anyways, I can't say enough about how fabulous they are. And then before that, you heard from Frankie Knuckles, The Whistle Song, which came out in 1991. Now, Frankie Knuckles is perhaps one of the uh, 90s best DJs, I think it's safe to say. Um, I believe uh, when The Whistle Song came out, it was just like a huge dance hit. And um, he is associated with house music. Uh, and this is actually uh, um, the title. He had an album in 1991. This is what it's from. Okay, the whistle song was on his album, Beyond the Mix. And uh, the whistle song was on it in 1991. So yes, he was one of the big ones. I mean, there were a lot at the time. You know, there was DJ Sneak. I don't know if y'all remember them. And of course we have Daft Punk. They've been around forever. Crystal Waters. Just a lot of, it was a really cool scene. Uh, maybe some of you are familiar with it. I wasn't uh, for a long time, but then the past few years, I've really just been trying to learn a lot more about that genre. And then before that, you heard me in my track called Like a Rabbit. Believe it or not, it comes from my LP, which came out in 1996, called Boring Secrets. And my pop formed a, uh, an independent record label called Suge. And at the time, I was on there, and Rico Kasich, and Alan Vega. It was a really cool time. I was able to create and just like play with a bunch of different people. St. Christopher from The Sleeping Doorman. And um, I had the good fortune to record a lot of songs at Sean Lennon's studio down there in the West Village. Uh, I recorded with Timo Ellis, Sam Koppelman, Sean, uh, Dan LaBelle on banjo and keyboards on a lot of tracks. My pop, my pop was on some tracks and rest in peace Nick Zarin Ackerman was on drums and some other instruments. Uh, shout out to T Nasty, rest in peace. A uh, lot of, lot of really fun times. And uh, so yeah, that was uh, one of the tracks I actually uh, sampled. I can't believe it. So that came out in 1996, right? Like that's just so crazy. But yeah, I really enjoyed playing around and it was fun. And so uh, I had this crazy album, 21 tracks. Uh, I think it's on Amazon for $2. No joke, look it up. Uh, before that, you heard what I sampled on that track. Uh, 
Eric Sate. Now, Eric Sate was a uh, from around like the mid 18, uh, 1800s, early 20th century uh, French composer and writer, and he was an amazing piano player, pianist, if you will. And he wrote a lot of fantastic, depressing songs. Let's face it, like a lot of his music is pretty depressing. Uh, that is uh, his um, piece. It's one of six. Genosinis. Genosinis. G-N-O-S-S-I-E-N-N-E-S. Again, my the French is horrible. And his other uh, great work is Tron Jamel Poderes. And I'm not, I don't understand. That accent is just terrible. He was a very difficult person to get along with. Apparently, he had a very short fuse, would yell at people he worked with, would yell at his family, and uh, was a bit prickish, yeah? And like really hard to deal with but an absolute genius. Uh, so so uh, that's the case sometimes with some artists, you know? I'd like to give a shout out and a big happy birthday to my good friend and my uh, man. I've known this guy for so many years. Uh, this guy, Brother Dan. Happy birthday, buddy. This one's for you. Right after this quick message. Introducing new A1 poultry sauce. Our first sauce ever meant just for chicken. Because its herbs, spices, and fruit were meant just for chicken, new A1 poultry sauce makes the most of chicken any way you make it. You say you will love if I have to go. You be thinking of somehow I will know someday. Wishing you were so far away Then we will remember Things we said today You said you'd be mine Till the end of time These days such a kind girl Seem so hard to find Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love Say, and we will remember things we said
listening to the Rambo Flipper Musical Explosion. I never cared much for moonlit skies, never winked back at fireflies. But now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. And I never went in for afterglow or candlelight on the mistletoe. Now when you turn the lamp down low, I'm beginning to see the light. I used to ramble through the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused the spark. That's a four-alarm fire now. I never made love by lantern shine. I never saw rainbows in my wine. But now that your lips are burning mine, I'm beginning to see the light. I never cared much for moonlit skies. I never winked back at fireflies. But now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. And I never went in for afterglow or candlelight on a mistletoe. But now when you turn the lamp down low, I'm beginning to see the light. You know I used to ramble through the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and lit that spark. That's a four-alarm fire now. I never made love by lantern shine. Never saw rainbows in my wine. Now that your lips are burning mine, I'm beginning mm, to see the light. Yes, yes, yes. Bobby Darren is beginning to see the light. That is a song written back in 1944 by Duke Ellington, Johnny Hodges, Harry James, with lyrics by Don George. Uh, it was actually a huge hit for many artists, including Frank Sinatra, Peggy Lee, Rosemary Clooney, and uh, as you heard right there, uh, good old Bobby Darren. Uh, Bobby Darren uh, did that cover in 1962 and uh, it would later be in the film Swingers, if y'all remember that movie. Uh, Swingers is a fun movie. But yeah, Bobby Darren, you know, he's kind of like the uh, light, he's like uh, Frank Sinatra light. You know, both of them are actors, uh, both of them uh, dashing singers and uh, dashing, uh, you know, charismatic performers. Uh, so yeah, and Bobby Darren can play it all actually. It was pretty, he had a pretty good range from like jazzy vocals to rock and uh, splish splash, I was taking a bath, that kind of stuff. Uh, big hits under his belt. Beginning to see the light. And then before that you heard from Temple of the Dog. And that was their song, Say, Hel uh, Say Hello to Heaven. Now, uh, Temple of the Dog formed back in 1990, and uh, they're a, what you call a super band, as it features uh, Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder, 
Jeff Ament, Mark Cameron, Stone Gossard, and Mike McCready. Uh, it's interesting to note that, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Mike McCready, who's on the album playing guitar, he uh, would eventually wind up with Pearl Jam. And then Matt Cameron was once the drummer of Soundgarden, and then later he became also the drummer for Pearl Jam. Uh, the songs from their one and only album, which is self-titled Temple of the Dog, came out in 1991. Um, the only two songs, uh, there are rather two songs on there, Reach Down and that song uh, that was on that Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion, Say Hello to Heaven, were written for and about Andrew Wood. Now, Andrew Wood was the lead singer of two bands. One was called Malfunction, and the other one, of course, was Mother Love Bone. Mother Love Bone was absolutely huge. Uh, had had he not passed away, his death was certainly, listen, any death is untimely, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, so, but his was particularly uh, untimely because, uh, you know, he passed away in 1990, he overdosed on heroin, and uh, he, Mother Love Bone really was, I feel, starting to take off, and they, they could have been at that level, or they, I think they really were at that level of, say, an Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. Uh, they definitely would have been more in the mix, right? So when, when he passed away, the surviving members of Mother Love Bone, didn't, they didn't know what to do, you know? So actually Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament uh, were, uh, were part of Mother Love Bone. And Chris Cornell approached them and was like, listen, you know, I've written a couple songs. Uh, you know, I came back from tour and this happened. And, uh, you know, my old roommate, Andrew, I just can't believe he passed away. So they uh, figured out what to do. They would put together this uh, band of, uh, you know, blending Pearl Jam and Soundgarden together. And that is Temple of the Dog. And again, that song, Say Hello to Heaven and Reach Down, uh, are about Andrew Wood. So from a uh, tragedy comes a pretty awesome underrated album. I think it's a, I think it's safe to say this is a pretty underrated album, uh, Temple of the Dog is. Um, I don't know why, I just, I don't know why I didn't get as much love as it should have. Uh, I think every song on there is pretty cool. Uh, you have great, I mean, you have, uh, uh, Hunger Strike, right? You have both Eddie, but you have like Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell singing together. And then incidentally, like down the road, like they would make appearances, uh, with one another's bands, you know, like during their shows and stuff like Pearl Jam would be playing a show and then Chris Cornell would come out and then we do some Temple of the Dog. So, I mean, that's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. Anyways. Uh, say hello to heaven. And then setting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, a song going out to my brother Dan on his birthday, Things We Said Today, by the Beatles, performed live at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, that was the Hollywood Bowl, I believe, yes, in 1964. Apparently, the audio from that, as you may have heard and may have noticed in that recording, the recording, the audio was so bad from that show that they were going to release it as a live album, but they couldn't. They were just like, this is so subpar, like you can't even hear half the stuff. And I imagine that was the same case for Shea Stadium, yeah? Their live show at Shea Stadium. I mean, you couldn't even hear anything that they were doing. <clears throat> so, uh... 
Things We Said Today was actually written by Paul McCartney, but it's credited as Lennon McCartney, uh, as most of their work is. Uh, it's interesting to note uh, that album comes, I'm sorry, that song comes from the album Hard Day's Night, and a majority of that album is actually written by Lennon. That song and two others are written by Paul McCartney. So, uh, you know, A Hard Day's Night is an awesome album. It's a really fun movie. Wasn't it a movie? Yeah, Hard Day's Night, of course. Uh, really fun movie. Help. That was the one I was thought I was mixing up. But uh, maybe if I stand correct here, and I usually do, uh, the I think A Hard Day's Night was the first Beatles movie. Yeah? Um, anyway, it's a great song. I think it's really cool. Uh, my brother Dan over there and I are huge Beatles fans. Um, so I just thought that he might enjoy that. Uh, it's... Uh, it's uh, funny, you know, that was the B-side to A Hard Day's Night when it came out in uh, 1964. And, um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, on the number one charts uh, for like 21 weeks, which is pretty wild. Um, and uh, apparently, uh, uh, both McCartney and Lennon wound up really loving this song. And uh, Paul would say about this song that it's a sophisticated little tune. It's a sophisticated little tune. You are listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion, and thank you so much for that. I hope you have subscribed. I am your host, CZG123, in the place to be. Please check out czg123.blogspot.com. That's czg123.blogspot.com. There you can listen to a radio playing all of these episodes while reading articles that I've written about different aspects of music. You can also catch this radio show on most major podcast platforms. New episodes every TNT. And I should uh, tell you that you can always call and leave requests at, uh, at the following number, 213-839-9830, 213-839-9830. If you want to call and rant and tell me, oh, Temple of the Dog was way overrated, go ahead. I, uh, I look forward to engaging in uh, phone message arguments. <laughs> I would never do that. I would never call you back and argue. But whoever you are, if you're listening, get the call. You know, it's uh, you can leave messages there, leave requests, and if you if you have uh, any beef, please by all means, or any praise, please by all means, uh, leave it there. Leave leave your message there. Also, I want to encourage everyone out there who may be going through a hard time and just want someone to talk to, to visit talkchatlove.com. That's talkchatlove.com. There you can set up an appointment to speak to someone. Uh, who has the time to just listen, free of judgment. The Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion has a lot more in store for you. So please, right now, let's turn our attention to the greatest segment on any radio show ever. Who's better? The Who or The Doors? The Doors or The Who? One of these bands has got to be better than the other, and I just can't call it, because I'm on the fence. I think they're both pretty cool, you know? They both have great hits under their belts, but one has got to be better than the other, right? And this has been the source of many a war throughout the world. So I mean, so many wars, you know, throughout the world have been caused because I feel like everyone's trying to figure it out. You know, Dolce versus Morrison. You know, it's just like this crazy thing. So uh, on this round of who's better, the who or the doors, the doors or the who, 
uh, we will first hear from The Doors, because I think the last time we heard first from The Who, I may be wrong, I may be crazy. You may be right, I may be wrong, you may be crazy. Isn't that what he, he said something, right? It was, that's what Billy Joel said, I'm wrong, you're crazy, and I'm right. So here we are, without further delay, who's better? Here are The Doors.
like broken glass We damage even in defeat We are tiny pieces Falling now and settling Like snowflake crystals building goes to the doors i don't you know i'm gonna i'll discuss it and i'll tell you why but that that round definitely goes to the doors come on give me a break moonlight drive is just such a, a great song compared to that fragments by the who i don't know man listen to the way the who even starts that song they rip themselves off i'm like man these cats they're taking their own the beginning to uh bob o'reilly like, come on guys come on man that album is from the uh, the Who's. Uh, that came out in two thousand and six. You know, it's uh, from an album called Endless Wire. I gotta say, it's one of the most god awful album covers I've ever seen. You guys gotta. You guys gotta. Ugh. Anyways, and uh, you know, Moonlight Drive is from the Doors' second album, Strange Days, which is a great album, and uh, that. The Robbie, come on, Robbie Krieger, Robbie Kruger's like, uh, his the slide guitar on that song is sick. That's just sick. Oh my god, give me a break. It's Moonlight Drive. <laughs> the Doors are definitely better on that round. I don't. What were the Who thinking, ripping themselves off in like 2006? I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess what's impressive and cool about that song is, I mean, I do like. I don't know. I like parts of that song. You know. Uh, and I do appreciate uh, that they, you know, Townsend and Daltrey sound good. Like, Daltrey sounds pretty good, you know? Uh, he sounds better than Jim Morrison does at this 
<laughs> right now. Okay, that was a really bad joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was such a bad joke. But uh, it was all right, right? It was, a, it was an okay joke. I mean, it's true. Right now, at this moment, Roger Daltrey is a be Ed can sings better than Jim Morrison. That's That was the joke. But Roger Daltrey, uh, I do appreciate that he's able to, you know, still get in the pocket. Uh, you know, this comes out in 2006. They've been around forever, right? It's kind of like the Stones. Jagger has that same sort of, you know, there are some of these guys that just like still have it. Whereas like Bob Dylan, it's like, what did you just say? Seriously, like, what did you just say? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I don't remember your song sounding like this. <laughs> Anyways, it goes to the doors, Moonlight Drive. Uh, I really like the lyrics. I like the feel of the song. Uh, again, uh, uh, Robbie Cougar's guitar is just awesome, and Morrison's approach to that song is great. You are listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. That was the segment, Who's Better, The Who or The Doors, The Doors or The Who. This round went to The Doors. And right after this message, we'll be right back with more Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosions. Fudgy the Whale is back. That's a whale of a cake for a whale of a dad. It's your participating Carvel ice cream store. Yep. And this year, your Carvel dealer makes them loaded with fudge and nuts. And you can get fudgy with an ocean to serve 20 people. But if you want to send Fudgy the Whale to a whale of a dad anywhere in the Carvel territory, you call the phone number that you see here. Everybody knows that I'm number one Cause I'm rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rap, rap, rapid I'm rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rapid to you, rapid I'm rapid, I'm rapid, I'm rap, rap, rapid I'm rap, 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 rapid I'm rapping all day and I'm rapping all night Come on, I'm rapping to the beat and I rap Well done, that was fantastic And thank you for introducing us all to the world of rap music I got chicks in my living room shaking their ass Flip more, get your eyes smoking weed and hash Yo, it's all about fun, sex and drugs Yo, I'm making more money than all Turn it out, brush 
it out. I'm the one you talking about. Hitting Hennessy with my peach from Tennessee. Giving you a head rush straight to your dome. I'm in the zone. Plus, I'm sitting on crow. You jealous? What? Take your black ass home. Your spot's been blown from the brown skin. Pretty tone. I got it zone. Plus, I'm bad to the bone. It's hot to death. Make you whip your last breath. You can take it to the street. You can call a rep. Yo, I'm making mad moves. That's way to the top. Flip mode. This is why I'm the rap.
anyone can whistle That's what they say Easy Anyone can whistle Any old day Easy It's all so simple Relax So someone tell me why can't I I can't dance a tango I can read Greek easy I can't slay a dragon any old week easy what's hard is simple what's natural comes hard maybe you could show
Holy cow! That's Susie and the Banshees with Kiss Them For Me. Now, Susie and the Banshees are absolutely fantastic. We're talking about Susie Sue. We're talking about Steven Sarevin, uh, Severin. Now, they're from the UK, and actually, they met these two, Susie Sue and Steven Severin, who would go on to form Susie and the Banshees. They met at a Roxy music concert, which is just so cool in itself. And we were talking about a time when, like, punk is starting to come up yeah like this is mid to late 70s and uh you know the whole david bowie mark bowen scene is kind of fading but not really it's still there but there's just like a reaction to what's going on in the world so then we started hearing a lot more punk and they decided to go that route and they really kind of liked the sex pistols and they started uh getting their stuff together uh uh, incidentally, Susie Sue, lead singer, obviously, and songwriter, and then Steven Severin was uh, the bassist. They would gather together a band. Now, what's funny is uh, there was what was called um, the 100 Club Punk Festival, which was put together actually by uh, Malcolm McLaren, uh, Malcolm McLaurin, who was um, the Sex Pistols manager, right? So. One of the bands had dropped out from doing the festival, and Susie Sue approached uh, McLaren and asked if if she and uh, Stephen uh, could play uh, in their place, you know, kind of uh, join in. Uh, but they didn't have uh, um, a guitarist nor a drummer, so they whipped up, and I don't know how it happened, but they were able to get Sid Vicious to play drums, which is absolutely crazy and mind-blowing to me. And they also got on guitar uh, Marco uh, Peroni, uh, who would also, uh, in his own right, um, join. Uh, the, he would go on to work with so many people, but he, in his own right, is a fabulous musician. He's worked with Sinead O'Connor. He, he uh, was with Susie and the Banshees for a bit. I think he still is. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, so they got these guys, they practiced, and then two days later, they were in uh, the festival and just sort of improvised music and they started getting really into it they took the show on the road they formed in 1976 uh, they started touring and uh, influencing many bands many uh, artists uh, so Kissin' for me came out on their album Superstition which came out in 1991 uh, it is actually uh, a song which reached the Billboard Hot 100 at number 23 and the song kind of branched them out and brought them back. So they were like punky, kind of like new wave, post-punk, post-glam rock. And then they, and then this song just kind of propels them and like rejuvenates the group. And in 91, they play Lollapalooza, which is pretty awesome. Like they just found this whole new life. Um, and it's because of that song, Kiss Them For Me. Uh, from the album Superstition. Before that, you heard the amazing song, which I love, Anyone Can Whistle, from the fantastic musical, Anyone Can uh, Whistle, written by Stephen Sondheim, and, uh, with a book by Arthur Laurentis. Uh, this play, or rather this musical, uh, hit Broadway uh, uh, in the spring of 1964. And it was kinda, eh, received. Like, people were like, yeah, you know, some of the numbers are good, but I don't know. Um, and it's interesting to note that in the original run on Broadway, uh, you had the debut 
musical debut of Angela Lansbury. Because I think up to that point, she had just been in film. Yeah, perhaps. And this is way, way long ago before she started writing about murder. Because uh, that's what she wrote. But, uh, so yeah, she started doing that. But that performance we heard of Anyone Can Whistle uh, was from uh, Barbara Cook. And Barbara Cook, in her own right, uh, was a fantastic cabaret singer, uh, theater actress, uh, musical performer. I mean, she just, she said uh, before she passed away that her earliest memories of, are of her singing. She just always remembers singing. She appeared on Broadway in The Music Man, um, and, uh, you know, she was like all over the place. And, um, yeah, Music Man was a huge hit. Barbara Cook, beautiful, beautiful rendition. Stephen Sondheim is just always on point. Uh, before that, you heard Negative Approach, a hardcore punk band uh, from Detroit, Michigan. And they formed in 1981 after seeing a Black Flag Necros show. And they were blown away and they were like, holy cow, like, let's do this. So John Brannon, Chris Opie Moore, Harold Richardson, and Ron Skakowski all got together and formed Negative Approach. The band wouldn't last that long, only a few years, uh, but they put out some great stuff and great uh, EPs. Uh, and that song, Nothing, is from one of their first EPs. I believe it was on Touch and Go. Uh, and it came out, I think, in 1982, if I stand correct here. Uh, so yeah, they wind up breaking up and parting ways like around 1983, 1984. Uh, the lead singer and the, the leader of the group, John Brandon, went on to join the Laughing Hyenas, which is another group uh, from Michigan, uh, specifically Ann Arbor. And uh, they were kind of a negative approach, um, you know, the offshoot, simply because like he wrote a lot of the lyrics and stuff like this. So, uh, you know, different, same dude, different environment. Uh, but then eventually, uh, after a long, long period apart, Negative Approach would get back together. And they still, to this day, tour, I believe, every now and then. They started touring a lot, again, in 2006 when they got back together. But it's interesting, such a big, uh, long breakup, right? And then they uh, got back together. And it's also cool because uh, they, they really are... One, uh, nothing is a great song, but aside from that, they're just... Uh, they really are one of the more prominent punk rock bands from that region. From, you know, I believe, I want to say Slipknot might be from Iowa. If I, if, I don't know if that's true. Don't hold me to that, but I think they're from, you know, like these Midwest uh, punk bands really, I think they have a lot to vent and rage about. So it just, it comes across in the music. I think it's really great. Uh, yeah, Negative Approach, Detroit, Michigan hardcore punk. And then everything was set off by uh, a song who my uh, brother Joel reminded me was so great and dope. Uh, Take It to the Streets from Rampage. Now this came out in 1997 off his first album, Honor by Way of Blood. Um, and it was uh, produced, of course, by the Flip Mode Squad and Elektra Records. Uh, this song actually reached the Billboard Hot 100 at number 34. It reached the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles and Tracks at number 11. And the Billboard Hot Dance Music Maxi Singles at number 3. As well as Billboard Hot Rap Singles at number 5. 
big album, big splash. Uh, Rampage made. Rampage is also cousin of Busta Rhymes. So yeah, take it to the streets is great. It features uh, Billy Lawrence uh, singing up on there, and uh, big song, huge song, and I had totally forgotten about it. So again, shout out to uh, Brother Joel for being like, yo, remember this? And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, reaching number five on the uh, Hot Rap Singles chart in 1997 is nothing to sneeze at, I have to say. So, pretty cool accomplishment. That was a uh, fantastic Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, if I do say so myself. I am your host, CZG123. I'm in the place to be. Thank you for listening. I hope that you do subscribe and that you do visit czg123.blogspot.com. After this quick break, we're going to come back with yet another Rainbow Flipper musical explosion. You dreamed about it. It's been carefully planned. And here is the most important day of your life. The Grand Prospect Hall, 718-788-0777. When I joined Halliburton, I knew I was going to work on some big things. We put out a few fires at work. Once ran into a small challenge of getting some supplies to our troops, we built bridges, schools all over the world. But the biggest thing? Serving our troops good old American food. Great feel just a little closer to home. Halliburton, proud to serve our troops.
song ever ever that is the coolest song ever how cool would it be to have that be your walk-up music if you were a baseball player right they're like now batting bah, 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 and that comes on oh man that's just like explode the warehouse and walk away man and just explodes and you just walk away with your shades and leather jacket on it's that 
It's Rumble. It's Rumble by Link Ray. That was a huge hit in 1958 when he recorded it. Uh, when the record came out, uh, it was banned in New York and Boston because there was a fear it would uh, prompt teenagers everywhere uh, into a uh, sort of violent, chaotic frenzy. Uh, so, you know, because it was called Rumble. <laughs> now, uh, Link Ray, amazing musician. It's uh, what a crazy background. Uh, he's actually a Shawnee. Uh, his, I believe his mom was the uh, Native American, he, that she was Shawnee. And uh, he and I shared the same birthday. How about that? May 2nd. He was born in North Carolina. Uh, he would pass away at the age of 76 in Copenhagen, Denmark, which is really interesting. Uh, but he had a tough childhood and was exposed to a lot of racism and bigotry. Uh, he, at one point, he and his family had to hide from the KKK, which is unbelievable. Just so shocking. And um, there were some songs that Link Ray uh, wrote, actually, Shawnee, Apache, and Comanche. Uh, he always, uh, he was very proud uh, of his heritage. And so he um, lived with his family. Uh, they moved eventually to Virginia uh, until around 1955. And he um, went to go serve in the army and was in the Korean War. And while in the Korean War, uh, he got TB, he got tuberculosis, and it laid him out for quite a while. And uh, the doctors, after removing his lung, told him that, you know, you're probably never gonna sing again, uh, which is wild because most of his music at that point on, you know, his career is mostly instrumental, right? He, I mean, he does, obviously doesn't sing on Rumble, but a, a lot of his music, he does, I don't think he sings. You know, from what I've heard, all of his, all the tracks that I've heard from Link Ray, it's just uh, really sweet, uh, dope instrumentals. Uh, him rocking that guitar. This is one of the. This is like such an influential song on so many levels, but mainly because it's one of the first uh, recorded tracks where a guitarist is using distortion and that uh, reverby sound. Uh, amazing. I mean, that's so trend-setting. And so that song is very, not only very important, but it was a huge hit when it, when it came out. And uh, <laughs> it would be like a couple decades after the fact when he started uh, working with other people and he did a lot of concerts. Uh, he played a lot of uh, venues, Bill Graham venues. And uh, yeah, wow. Um, so yeah, I, you know, uh, I can tell you that he he played on a bunch of tracks, and he came out with a bunch of singles. Uh, in terms of his own albums, he he definitely has a bunch, um, and a lot of material that was released posthumously. Uh, but Link Ray, Rumble, and then before that, you heard a Love Supreme acknowledgement. You see, John Coltrane's A Love Supreme is broken up into different parts. Uh, side one is acknowledgement and resolution, and then side two is pursuance and song. Now, I don't know, man. I don't know what I could say about this album other than it's the best. It's gotta be, I mean, of every jazz album I've heard, nothing 
as far as I'm concerned, compares to this album. Just nothing compares to this album. Uh, and that's, I don't know. I know that's like, it's probably a really heavy statement for, for folks. Maybe not. I mean, it, this is kind of like the go-to when someone's like, what's the best jazz album? I think, I think people say, I love Supreme. And it's worthy of that. It's worthy of all the accolades. It's worthy of being noted as uh, one of the best, if not the best jazz album of all time, because it is so soulful and it's all this, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's deep down inside of John Coltrane. And this is as intimate a jazz album as I've ever heard, even more intimate than say a Chet Baker or early Miles, you know, or the, uh, veracity of the Charles Mingus album, you know, where it's just kind of, you could feel sometimes his rage and what's going on, and Thelonious Monk, you know, you can feel these guys, but I, yeah, and man, and pro probably in, I just don't know. I mean, in, across a lot of genres, I, I don't know if I've ever really been able to sense the absolute soul and love and depth of a person than this album, A Love Supreme. So this is uh, part one acknowledgement. Um, you hear in the middle of, their, uh, of that track, you, you hear him with A Love Supreme. That's him, that's actually Coltrane uh, doing that. And um, he says that he drew, his influence for this album was uh, Focusing on the higher being that's inside of um, that's inside of artists. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but that's that's pretty much uh, what I believe he has said across uh, various interviews and uh, I don't know with other jazz cats, whatever. But uh, from what I understand, that was how he was able to come up with this. Just. I mean, it's so meditative, the way that acknowledgement starts. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, there's, there really is actually nothing I can say. Um, Jimmy Garrison is on the double bass. Um, uh, I wish I could, oh, McCoy, okay, sorry. Uh, McCoy Tyner, of course, is on the piano. McCoy Tyner in his own right is absolutely incredible, one of the finest jazz pianists out there ever. Uh, Elvin Jones on the drums, the great Elvin Jones. I mean, he and Max Roach are poof, incredible. And uh, yeah, Jimmy Garrison on the double bass. And um, it was recorded in 1964. That's when this album came out. Uh, and it was recorded in New Jersey at Van Gelder Studio. And it was recorded in one session. It was recorded in one session. Now think about that. Think about that. In one session, that came out of him and them. I mean, you uh, you really got to give props to these players, you know? McCoy, Jimmy Garrison, Alvin Jones, man, they were all just like with him and completely understood. Uh, and, and were along on the ride, you know? They were just along on the ride for that, um, for that expedition into that, that higher being. Whew. Man, I could just go on and on. It's just so smooth. It's just so... Uh, it's just really... You know what it does is it transcends everything. 
I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just really freaking out. I, I, you know, I don't think I am, but that really is just so. John, let's talk about John Coltrane a second, okay? John Coltrane uh, is is the face of jazz for a lot of people, and I don't think that that's wrong. You know, I think John Coltrane really was just such uh, an influence on so many of his friends and like people that he himself played with. Uh, on future generations of jazz, on a whole movement of jazz and an era. You know, he was right there with the bebops, and uh, he worked with everyone, you know, and he just picked up so much, and he he really did create from his soul in some sort of higher entity or some, I mean, I don't know. And he was born in North Carolina and passed away. Yeah, guess how old he was, guys, when he passed away? Yeah, 40, 40 years old. When he passed away in Huntington, New York. Okay, so <laughs> 40 years old. I mean, I can't, uh, man, like, what if, you know, you just have all these what ifs. And uh, y'all probably know Alice Coltrane. If you don't, she's incredible. She's also a pianist and a harpist. And that was, uh, she was his second wife. And um, boy, boy, oh boy, he too uh, was going to be in the army. But he avoided the draft uh, by jumping ahead and beating them to the punch and joining the Navy. <laughs> and uh, he joined the Navy on the day that the atomic bomb was dropped on Japan. Jeez, talk about timing. Anyways, I mean, I'm sure his life and that and everything else uh, just sort of helped get him to this recording, this album. Um, He's recorded at least 50 sessions with other musicians and on other people's, other artists' albums. Uh, he plays a lot. He's actually recorded a lot with Thelonious Monk and the album that they do together, uh, Monk and Coltrane, is another classic. Just like, I don't know, I'm sorry. I, can, I digress. I go. I can go on and on about both this album and the whole world of bebop and John Coltrane. God bless John Coltrane. That's all i got to say. I think in San Francisco, in fact, there is a church of Coltrane. I think that's where I saw it. But I was just so psyched. I didn't actually get the chance to go in. But I was just like, wow. Completely enamored with the fact that there was a uh, church of Coltrane. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. And then setting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, we heard from Public Image Limited, or Pill. Now, Pill was uh, fronted by John Lennon, of course, uh, Johnny Rotten from Sex Pistols. It was his project, his baby after the Sex Pistols, and uh, he also had a huge falling out, not only with everyone in that group, but uh, Malcolm McLaren. And uh, uh, Pill's first album was actually uh, very competitive and kind of dissy and uh, nasty towards Malcolm. And uh, that's on their album. Their first album came out in 1978, first issue. This was a song called Rise, which uh, came from their album, Album. Uh, And what's funny about that is, so they put out an album called Album, uh, and it's just kind of like generic. Uh, You know, it's like a generic cover. And... uh, um, if you got a CD, it said CD. 
If you got uh, vinyl, it said, I think it said album. If you got a cassette, it said cassette. And uh, Rise, which is on this album called Album, came out in 1986. It really upset the uh, great punk band Flipper, one of my faves. Uh, Flipper got really upset because they also put out an album called Album. And it was pretty much exact same, except they're, instead of like white with blue, which is what Public Image Limited was, uh, their cover uh, design, uh, Flipper's was uh, all yellow and said uh, Flipper uh, Album or uh, something like that. It, it, was, it, it was pretty much a ripoff. Uh, but, you know, so they got into it and blah, 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 and, uh, you know, I think I, I think probably Pill told me to go stick it right the sun don't shine. And then, uh, Flipper, uh, uh, as a bit of, uh, you know, go fly a kite, put out their, their next album was called Public Flipper Limited, which is great. Flipper, I mean, they're actually, I always liked the name. Uh, so that's where the Flipper and the Rainbow Flipper musical explosion comes from. Uh, and the band Flipper is really cool. But so anyways, so is Pill. So is Public Image Limited. Very cool. Uh, he's a combative, prickish, bullish, crazy nut, Johnny Rotten is. Uh, but I gotta say, you know, he's, he's actually put out some really good songs. And that's one of them. I think Rise is a really good song. Their early work is great. Um, it's funny because I think with their first album, they like blew through their studio production money, uh, like halfway before, like they didn't even complete it. Like they weren't even done. They were like halfway from completing the album and they had spent the money. So I mean, it's like all the same bad habits that he had as a Sex Pistol just carried on through the rest of his career. But uh, so what's interesting is like they were still relevant. Like Public Image Limited like comes out right and like late 70s yeah and like they're and then before you know it they're like still on tour in 2009 you know what i mean so uh you know I, you gotta give credit to uh to johnny rotten for just still being johnny rotten and doing his thing uh he's just so i mean i just you can't believe what a i mean he's just nuts i mean i his politics are just absolutely absurd and uh i don't know i it's you get the sense of like this guy's jaded you know like he's just been, he's just jaded in every interview he gives, he's just so glib, and I don't know. You know, you can be a, a you know, you can be a little grateful, Johnny. You know, come on. Anyways, <laughs> Rise is a great song. Uh, regardless of the controversy with Flipper, I think that album is actually album. Album is a great album. So that was it. That was the Rainbow Flipper musical explosion. I am CZG123 in the place to be. I want to thank you for listening to me. And uh, hopefully you do subscribe, you do follow, you do share, and tell your friends to tune in and drop out and listen. And visit czg123.blogspot.com. That's czg123.blogspot.com. And that's the place to look at articles and to listen to the show. And you can find the show on most major podcast platforms. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, you know, just as John Coltrane was discovering and was able to articulate or rather uh illustrate through his music you know it's not i feel it's not only artists that have this higher being that's able to transcend and take them to another place i feel we each have that and it's up to us whether or not we want to tap into that ignore it i mean you know we get distracted by so many things but at the end of the day we do all have this thing that allows us and gives us opportunity to transcend 
be a better person, love more, focus on what you want to do, focus on loving yourself, focusing on loving the paths and the things that you have and have been given. Everyone has that. And I think if Coltrane can find it, we all should and can too.